Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back into the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane, he's Kevin, and here in hour number two, we are joined by my man, Jay, the Sports Keg CEO. If you have been a fan or a follower, a listener, a viewer of the early line, you know about Jay, and you should send him thank you notes because he has been getting you cash on the UFC. We've got a big card coming up this weekend, UFC 250. We're going to get into it, man, Jay. But, Jay, legitimately, it's been months since we've talked, since we've seen each other. I've had life changes. I'm a married man now, Jay. I know you've gone through the ups and downs. How have you been, bro? It's good to see you and talk to you again. I've been doing great. It only took a global pandemic for you to get married. That's not bad. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you something. I got married in Jamaica. Okay, on February 29th on leap year, everyone who went is like, it's the last social thing I've ever done. The world stopped right after you got married. But we were hugging, we were dancing, and we're all okay. I'm glad to hear that you are okay as well. Jay, let's dive on in, all right? Because I need some cash, all right? I need some extra cash. I plan on being in the state of New Jersey on Saturday and putting in whatever bets you tell me to on this card. It's first of all, though, talk to me about the return, right? The return to UFC, you know, Dana White with Fight Island was going to be in California. Gavin Newsom says no, you know, no, no fans in the in the arena for the octagon. Has it felt different to you? Um, Yeah, in some aspects it has. I think the judging Mm. uh, for the three events in Florida was horrific. I think it affected a lot of people um, in the pocket. And it's all about the determination, really, of Dana White and making sure that he put this sport, which I love dearly, on the center stage because there's really nothing going on right now aside from that. And maybe we get a NASCAR race on the weekend. So um, I love it, man. Uh, I know uh, Dana White got a lot of flack for not staying back like all right. the major sports leagues. But uh, all in all, I think it's been great for the sport. So let me ask you, Jay, because you mentioned the judges. Because uh, it jumped out to me at UFC 249 and then throughout the other two events that took place in Florida, it was evident. Like, if you think a fight's going to a decision, don't bet on a fighter. They're probably going to screw you. We've had one Vegas with the fight night last week. So do you think that now the judging concerns can kind of be pushed aside with it being moved to Vegas? Yeah, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better about the judging in Vegas. And also, we know the ring, the cage, I'm sorry, is smaller. Mm-hmm. And we saw more finishes last weekend than we saw in Jacksonville because we saw a lot of god-awful uh, split decisions, and most of the fights went to the cards. So I, I liked the action last week. I, I did not think that card was going to be as good as it was from a profitability standpoint or an entertainment standpoint. And I think we got both. So I'm happy with the move to Vegas for now. All right, fair enough. Well, you know, Saturday night, UFC 250. And listen, Jay, how am I going to make money on Amanda Nunes? 
She's like minus 800 right now. That's obviously the main event. I know the last time we talked about Nunez, you dropped some bands on her at a big minus number. It ultimately came through. You know, how I, I can't lay minus 800, Jay. How do I slice this fight? Yeah, man. You know, we live in a biggest and best culture, obviously, since the advent of social media. But in the world of mixed martial arts, there is something that cannot be overstated. And that is that she is the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time, full stop. So, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people complain about the price tag. I think the line opened around minus 360. Mm. And if you if you got that, you got a lot of value, in my opinion. Um, now you're saying it's all the way up to 800. Yeah, Last that's not fanable, yeah. Yeah, last night I saw a minus six dollars. Um, you know, the argument that you hear from people that support Felicia Spencer is, well, she went the distance with Chris Cyborg. That's true. But I don't put a lot of stock in somebody getting, you know, kicked from one end of the cage to the other and surviving. Like, congratulations, you know how to take a beating. You know what I mean? So, like, if that's, if, if that's the best thing, that, that she has going for her, anybody that's backing Felicia Spencer is in trouble. So she's got zero striking accuracy. She's got zero striking defense. We know that she's a grappler. That's what she does best. The problem is, is that Amanda Nunes is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and she's got the most devastating hands in the history of women's MMA. So in my opinion, if it takes Amanda Nunes one minute to knock out Chris Cyborg and walk through that, I do not see how it's possible that Felicia Spencer gets through 10 minutes. So how I approach the fight is this. You, you either drop a huge nut on inside the distance. Last night, that 365 had by TKO, KO, or submission at minus 175. If you don't want to do that, mm. I would I would take the plus 225 in round one and the plus 375 in round two. Right. And I think you're covered because I just don't see how it gets to the third round, man. And if you want if you want to just back yourself up and you really want rounds three, four, and five, then you lay the 175 that the fight that that she gets to inside the distance because I, there's just no way Nunes loses. I, I got to say, I feel much better now because, Jay, as I was reading up on this fight, everybody that was giving Felicia Spencer, like, a chance was mentioning the Cyborg fight. And I was like, but she lost. So I'm glad that you echoed yeah. that. I'm like, if the best thing you have in your pocket is you didn't get blown out in a fight, like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's yes. that's not great. Let me uh, let me ask you about the co-main event, even though maybe you could argue it shouldn't be the co-main event with Garbrandt and Asun Sal. These are a couple of guys coming off losses, but specifically Cody, right? Like, he's the reason why this is probably the co-main event. He's lost three straight fights, all by knockout. And, you know, I remember a, a long time ago, McGregor once talking about how when the guy gets knocked out, sometimes it'll change a fighter forever. Like, is Garbrandt's chin ever going to be the same? Like, is, can you get behind this guy here in this co-main? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I think Connor's 100% correct. I think when you crack that chin for the first time, it has a lasting effect, and it only gets easier. You know, look no further than Chris Weidman. He can't get in the cage anymore without getting knocked out. Now, this fight 
should not be the co-main. You're right. The best fight on the card is the Aljo uh, Sanhagen fight. So I think this fight means absolutely everything to Cody Garbrandt. His UFC career could literally be hanging in the balance. And it's absurd to say that when you consider the fact that New Year's Eve 2016, he just wins the Bantamweight Championship against Dominic Cruz. He absolutely owned the division, Dom, for years. And what happens? Garbrandt's power, his speed, his striking accuracy looks unbeatable. Now we fast forward three and a half years. And Cody Nolov is fighting for a survival, man. Like, legitimately. He's been, like you just said, knocked out three consecutive times. TJ taps the chin twice. And then... um he gets the t- his chin tapped by Pedro Munoz. So it really comes down to can Rafael Asuncao knock him out? It, and I listen, I like Asuncao. He's been a top five staple in the Bantamweight division for close to a decade. I do think that his striking is underrated and his and we know his ground game is excellent. Now, you, you have to think Asuncao's getting older. He doesn't have many fights left before retirement. Personally, Cody's never burned me. I bet against him in both Dillashaw fights, and I faded him against Munoz. Now, I I feel like I have a good pulse on him, but I have to back him here. I just don't, I don't view Rafael Sunsau striking as a big enough threat to scare me off the fact that Garbrandt's got a weak chin, and we know he does. So I think if Rafael Sunsau wins this fight, um, he does it with this ground game. And I feel good about Cody Sprawl. I think he has an excellent chance of hitting the button and dropping him. So I think he throws enough volume to win a decision. And we know he's got the power to stop the fight. So I think this one more time, you grit your teeth and you back him here. And if the chin gets in the way, it's the last time you ever think about him again. All right, Jay. So it sounds like you like Garbrandt there. I like minus. He's going off right now, at least on FanDuel. I like minus 145, minus 150. Would you yeah. like him up to even minus 160, 175? Like, you know, no. it could still move a little bit. No, I, I, you know, he's still a big name and I have, I haven't pushed the trigger yet. And I, cause I just don't know, is he going to take money late? Because he's got a bigger name than a Sunsau. And it scares me. Normally, I would wait a little closer to fight time. But I think if you're going to back Cody, you do it now. Because you don't want to lay more than minus 145 with that chin. So you push the button now or you don't push it at all. All right, thanks a lot, Jay. I want to ask you, because, you know, we're coming up on the breaks, and we're going to get a couple of other fights that we definitely want your take on. I did want to ask you this, you know, not about a specific fight. Earlier in these cards that we've been seeing, you know, with no fans in the stands, right? Daniel Cormier on commentary has, in essence, been like another trainer in people's uh, in people's corner. You know, Greg Hardy said that he literally heard DC saying, like, shoot the leg, and then he went and shot the leg. You know, so does DC have a uh, uh, a future in commentary? Or, like, when you're getting hit with kicks and punches, if there's no fans in the stands to be like, ooh, Ah, and with that reaction, do you think that's getting in the mind of judges? I'm trying to think of like, are there other trends that we need to look at because there's no fans in the stands here, Jay? Well, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I love DC. I think he's a really good uh, guy. Obviously, Joe's the best color commentator, in my opinion, in sports, period. But um, yeah, I think that having no judges, I mean, no fans yeah. in the in the stands 
is huge because the judges aren't swayed by the cheers and they don't feel pressured to make a call because they're going to get booed by 18,000 people. So number one, I, as a true fight fan, I love to hear the corners. I, mm. I love the silence because I love to hear what's going on. I love to hear the strategy. Right. And I think it only helps us with the judges to get uh, more accurate decisions. All right. Thanks a lot, Jay. So here's what we're going to do. We got to take a break. I do want to come back because we've talked about two fights on this card. There's 12 fights on the card. And I know you have some leans on some others. If you can spend a couple more minutes with us, we'll get into it again. UFC 250 going off Saturday night. We've got our guy, Jay, the Sports Keg CEO, joining us. Big things happening for him. Big things will happen for us. All you got to do is tell the man. He's given you two fights already. When we come back, we're going to discuss another couple of fights and what else Jay has been up to in these absolutely crazy times that we are living in. Can you stick with us for another couple of seconds, another couple of minutes, Jay? Absolutely. Buddy. All right, we'll do that when we come back. It's the early line giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back into the early line. I'm Dane Martinez. We got Kevin Walsh, but we also have my man, Jay, the Sports Keg CEO. If you've been watching this show for a while, you know he is our UFC guy, helping everybody get a little bit of cash. It's like a new stimulus package, Jay, you know? We don't need the government. You're going to be our stimulus package. We talked about the co-main event. The main event, you know, but you know me. I don't like laying those numbers. I don't like that big, those big numbers. I see, though, the Sterling-Sanhagen fight. That's going off as almost a coin flip. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, man. I, personally, I think that this is the best fight on the card by a mile. I think the winner of this fight uh, will fight uh, Peter Jan for the vacated Bantamweight title that obviously Henry Cejudo just gave up from his retirement. And it should be a striking clinic, man. I think that both Aljo and Sanhagen, they're excellent at range. They're excellent in the pocket. The fight's about minus 110 on both sides. Yeah. And it's really tough, really tough to pick a side here. I lean Corey Sanhagen personally. I'm not, sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to pull the trigger. You know, last weekend I had I gave out six plus price winners. I'm having the I'm having a hard time finding dogs that I like uh, this week. Like personally, I think that this this fight will go the distance. Now the question is, do you want to lay 188 on a fight going the distance against two excellent strikers? Probably mm. not. You you, you almost want to take the shot on the fight not to go the distance at plus 140 because so many hands and so many feet are going to be thrown. So I'm going to give out, uh, I'm going to take a shot with the fight doesn't go the distance at plus 140 as a flyer 
even though I, just because of the price, I think there's a little value in the price, and I have to lean Corey Sanhagen slightly. Can, can I ask you, Jay, because, you know, Sanhagen's kind of been talking about some stuff that's been going on in his personal life, and, um, you know, he's kind of, I think he's dedicating this fight, and you don't ever want to pull those things in. You just want to let it be the fighters are the fighters, and, and that's what it is. But sometimes you kind of can't help it, right? Especially in the in the fight game, right? Where your your mental matters so much. Didn't we have that dude where his daughter was like kidnapped or something? Yeah, last... uh, big big Walt Harris had. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I'm curious when it comes to things like that, do you factor it in? Do you try and push it aside? I, I you know, for the most part, I I try not to believe in narratives in mm-hmm. sports. But if there was one sport where it matters probably more than most, I think it would be in fighting. Because, you know, these guys are warriors to begin with, but if they have that little extra chip on their shoulder because something's going on in their personal life, it could be the distance between them getting in the pocket and banging a little harder than they would normally just to get out frustration, which is really what I thought Walt Harris was going to do. I thought that he was going to go there and just let a year's worth of emotional baggage out on uh, Alistair Overeem. And he did, but he gassed out and ended up losing the fight. So I, I don't believe in narratives in general, but I do think in fighting there's an argument to be made that maybe it does matter a little bit. All right, fair enough. Now, I know one other fight a little bit earlier on in the card, maybe in the prelims, is Alex Perez against Formiga. How do you see this one playing out? Um, Yeah, man. I like... This is a dog I can get behind. All right! I got plus one today. Yeah, number one, can we all agree on the fact that it's completely disrespectful for for Jasir Formiga to be on the early prelims card. <laughs> I, I mean, we're talking about literally a guy that beat the number one contender in the division a year ago, and now we're putting him on the fight pass prelims. I mean, it doesn't. It <laughs> you got to boost those fight sense. pass numbers, Jay. <laughs> yeah, they want. Yeah, exactly. You're probably right. Uh, didn't they have yeah. like Cowboy on the prelims previously? Also, they got to have something in there for people. Yeah. Now I like Alex Perez. I think he's a solid fighter. I'm not trying to take anything against the guy, but the fighters that he has beat are two levels below uh, what Juicier Formiga is, in my opinion. De La Rosa, Torres, Shelton—they're just—they're just not at the level of Formiga. Perez has a solid wrestling game. He scrambles well. He has power. His leg kicks are solid, but his striking game—it it seems a little unnatural to me. And Formiga has accomplished more in that cage. And I don't think that he's finished, to be honest. Now, we know that Formiga is a better grappler. Um, but we also know that through the years, he's built a pretty functional striking game. And he's got a little power. So I think the line is wrong. Mm. Um, just like last week, I thought Caitlin Chukagian should have been the favorite. I thought it was disrespectful for Antonina Shevchenko to come in the favorite. Mm. And I think that's the case here. I think that Formiga should be the minus 120 favorite. Not, I don't know what you can get him at last night. You could have got him at plus 116. That's what he's at right now. That's what it is right now. I'm seeing on FanDuel plus 116. I think there's value. Minus 135. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a unit on Formiga Saturday night. Yeah, that jumps out to me because I was watching uh, the Chukagan fight with a couple of people again that they they know fighting, but they don't know betting. 
So when I told them Drew Kagan was the dog, they were like, what? And I'm like, right. oh, I wish I would have told you fellas about that a little bit sooner. <laughs> uh, and I, I could have grabbed myself an edge. Um, I want to ask you about Sugar Sean, though. Um, and even if it's not from a, you know, he's a big, big favorite on this card. Um, but he is someone who's getting a lot of hype coming into this show. He's going to, I believe, kick off the main card. Uh, again, we're talking about Sugar Sean O'Malley here. And, you know, he's an undefeated fighter, had a little bit of a, lay, uh, a layoff because of dealing with USADA. But he might have that star potential at only 25. What do you think about his fight and the idea that, you know, this guy could really be one to watch? I think that you there are certain fighters in the cage that you look at and and uh, like you and I were talking about, there's just something different. Like, like you look at him and how he flows and you look at his striking game, a little reminiscent of Connor, like a little something that reminds you of Connor. Mm-hmm. And I think that the kid has a world of potential. I think that if he continues to grow, he can be a future world champion. Um, my partner at the keg, uh, MMA is, is big on O'Malley. He's going to attack him. Um, probably parlay fodder. I would guess my only worry is that Eddie Wineland will get in there. He will step in that pocket and he will throw bolos. So if one of them by some chance clips O'Malley, you're going to cash a plus three something dog. That's my only worry that I'm going to stay away and I'm just going to appreciate an up and coming prospect that looks like he could be a champion one day. I just can't lay that. I just can't bet him. All right, Jay. Well, thanks. You know, do you have any other kind of dogs, leans for this card? I know those are the fights we definitely wanted to talk about. I want to ask you about our Jets. But before we get to that, um, you got any other kind of inklings on this card? I know it's a big card, 12 fights. Anything else we should be specifically looking for on Saturday night? As of right now, no. Okay. I lean I lean Ian Heinish against uh, Gerald Mearshart. Um, I think the Magni Martin fight probably goes the distance. Um, but mm. I, on the sports gag Twitter handle, I will, uh, I'll put out plays and obviously, you know, that, uh, we'll have the fight cast going on Saturday night on the keg YouTube channel. Um, but as of right now, no, those are the four plays probably. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got a job, man. I got a job as the editor, the content editor over at odds.com. It's been nice. Yeah. Yeah, Why don't you tell people, because, you know, you've been a friend of the show for a long time, Jay. How can we see you, whether it's the keg cast or some of the stuff you're doing? All right. So the sports keg Twitter channel uh, at the sports keg CEO uh, is where you could find big time. Now you had someone take over your Twitter (laughs) handle. I got to slide into your personal DMs now, bro. I'm big time. So, no, no, but all joking aside, Saturday, uh, we we have the live betting show, which is what we're known for, I right. guess, as as little as that is. So the Sports Keg YouTube channel, uh, the fight cast on Saturday night. Um, check out odds.com, running the content over there. And on Saturday during the show, big announcement with some major players oh, in, uh, in the DFS world nice. that we're going to merge together. So I'm really excited. And it's all because you gave me a shot, Dane. Nah, man. Listen, I'm excited about this. I, I was so glad that we were able to bring you on. You know, I told our boy Joe Ranieri we were having you on. He sends his regards. I and love says, Joe. Hello. I you miss- know, and, and 
now that I know that we can make this happen, uh, Jay, we're going to have you on. You know, we're going to have you on talking UFC when we have UFC cards as we get in. If baseball happens, you know, as the NFL goes on, what do you think real quick? Because I know I see your Jets sign there. I want to get out on this. We only have a couple minutes left. Uh, you know, I'm a big Jets fan. You're a big Jets fan. I like what Joe Douglas is doing, Jay. I like the pro- focus on the offensive line. I like him manipulating the draft, trading down, still getting Mims as a wide receiver. I'm encouraged a little bit that a Sam Darnold without mono and with a decent offensive line. Um, what do you think? You think they can take a step forward here? I, I loved what we did in the draft. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of our draft. But my one concern is like, I mean, you can't be shopping the best player on the team, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal yeah. Adams needs to stay a Jet. I know. I hear you. I hear you. I think that's a lot of, you know, just talk. I don't think there's actually smoke there. I mean, fire there just yet. But back on the UFC, sorry, because I know, Kevin, you wanted to ask about um, a name we all know about yeah. in, this, uh, in this sport. I wanted to ask Jay just about John Jones. I mean, the dude's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm vacating the title. He's in another battle with Dana White. I wanted to quickly not only get your thoughts on that, but if you could just sneak in the idea of him versus Francis and who actually should be favored if we ever did see that fight. Yeah, I don't see John Jones walking away. I think I think that they'll come to an agreement. I think it's all negotiations on a contract. He's the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I don't think the money fight is against Francis. Although, if I was set in the line, I know the betting market would put Ngannou as the favorite. I wouldn't. I would still have John Jones as the favorite in that fight, probably minus 140, just because I think he's so long and he's so good at at range. I think he could stay away from Francis. That being said, I think he lost that fight to Dominic Reyes. Mm-hmm. I think Reyes got robbed. I think the real fight that's going to happen is if Israel Adesanya can get past Paulo Costa, which is a bear of a fight. That's a big if. If he does... That's the fight that they make. I think Adesanya goes up to 205 because he's already tw- he's 20 pounds away, and they make that super fight, and I think John gets somewhat closer to the money that he wants. All right, well, if and when that ever happens, you will be back here to talk about it. Hey, Jay, so great to see you, so great to talk to you, and hopefully it's not another pandemic or another three months <laughs> before we get to do it again. All right, man? Thank you guys very much. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep it locked. Check out Jay and the Sports Keg and the Keg Cast. We'll be back on the early line talking about Bundesliga. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. I'm Dan, he's Kevin, and our tour of friends of the show continues. We just had Jay, the Sports Keg CEO, on, talking everything UFC. We got some leans and plays there. 
Listen, we're trying to get you guys another stimulus package for the weekend, and we continue with our guy, Martino. He is our soccer compadre here on the early line. Martino, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Everything's returning. with yeah. see, But, you know, like, I didn't even realize, like, it's kind of June yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I've been it's going been outside, and the weather, the weather's kind of like that, but it's... it's because it, it just felt like June, mid-June was so far away for all these leagues to return. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that's like under 10 days now that everything's back, and I'm, I'm so ready for it. And then the NBA news, I mean, it's yeah. just it's all coming into picture right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Kevin and I have been talking about, you know, at some point down the road, we're going to be double and triple booked. You know, like hotels <laughs> in some of these cities, you better get them now. Uh, I always reference, like, the Masters is now going on the same weekend that, like, the Georgia Bulldogs are playing Tennessee between the hedges so get your hotel rooms now we're gonna be flooded absolutely martino and and that's part of why we wanted to bring you in right because since we last talked about just bundesliga games and trends we've heard broad news in the soccer world right uh the premier league looks like it has a path to return la liga may have a path to return we've heard mls here in america have come up with a deal and is going to have some kind of tournament down in orlando uh i know you are excited what are the details that we still need to hear about what are you learning what are the details of these leagues kind of coming on back why are you so excited well, basically, they're all back within the next week or 10 days. Um, Italy's going to start their cup matches. They'll be on the 12th and 13th. So those are single-game elimination. So that'll be high-intensity stuff that you can watch. But I'm not sure with Inter Milan and Napoli. Inter is very upset with the condensed schedule. So they're going to be playing a bunch of 17-year-olds <laughs> against Napoli. So if you want to hammer uh, the team over for Napoli, if you want to go do that, if that's the... If that's something that might happen, I would look out for that. Um, just yeah, that's point. like the, the the Blazers being like, nah, forget this, and just using their G yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just Caleb Swanigan and Anthony Simon starting against like Zion and Brandon Ingram. <laughs> that's what that's what would be what would go down. But yeah, and then England's returning too. I mean, they have a ton of games to get to. They need the FA Cup, which is just basically their domestic uh, tournament, and then they get their Premier League games in. And La Liga is right there as well. And that's a tight race for the title there. Um, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. And the best part about this stuff, too, it's not just about the championship and winning first place. It's about Champions League. It's about Europa League and all these other spots. Relegation battles. I know MLS doesn't do that, but we, we have that as well. So there's going to be a bunch of matches there. And uh, finally, it's not going to just have to be waiting for Bundesliga Saturday morning. So, Martina, I want to get your take on kind of how you would describe a lot of these leagues, right? Like you've told us that sure. Bundesliga, there's a lot of goals to welcome. And mm-hmm. I mean, the other day I was watching Leipzig play. I kid you not, I closed my eyes. I fell asleep for like 20 minutes and there's like three more goals that game. Um, so obviously that was kind of bang on. I want to start by asking you about um, over in Italy, right? It's the league that I would say you probably know the best. You probably follow uh, closest. And how would you describe that league? Am I Am I okay to just... Think about all the uh, good defensive Italian teams in World yeah, Cup. Yeah, the old just, lady, Giovanni and, Buffon, right? <laughs> That's what I'm looking at, a whole league yeah. of Buffons. I just assume no one's going to score. <laughs> um, look, it's actually kind of had that, you know, blanket kind of brush that everyone's saying, oh, it's just strictly defense. You're not going to get a lot of goals in that. I mean, contrary to popular belief, that's just not the truth anymore. It's not to that level that it used to be, simply because a lot of the top teams that used to be really good 
aren't that good anymore. And when that happens, they're not going to be able to get the best players. And when you don't have that, then you're going to have to start getting really bad defense. Guys are going to start scoring goals. Team like Atalanta, which we discussed a futures bet on that a few months ago, they're a high-scoring octane team that is complete. Like it's totally bizarre. It's like what the uh, what the Warriors were doing, shooting all the three pointers a few years ago. It's like what is this? It, 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 it's witchcraft. Like we can't have this in this league. And yet here they are, like dominating. And you got guys like Cristiano Ronaldo in the league now. And 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 the funny thing is, thirty goals is always this magical number with a single player within the league, right? We see it happen in La Liga. We see it happen in, in Bundesliga all the time. It's taboo in Italy. Only two players since 1965 have scored over 30 goals in a season. That's how defensive it gets. But there are certain teams and matchups that you could look towards and you say, okay, this could be high scoring. And then other teams, you're probably going to see 0-0 with like a couple shots on goal. That's just how it is sometimes. But, I mean, it gets tricky to a certain point. But you have to look out for the certain teams for that. And Martino, I wanted to ask you, you know, one of the trends that we've seen in Bundesliga since the return, and Kevin has been on this, is the idea of road favorites have been coming in, right? Yeah. You know, and, and whether you attribute that to no fans in the stands or just the, the better quality team can pick up running after the pause, I, you know, I don't know what to attribute it to, but we have seen this in play in Bundesliga. Are you going to take that trend? and apply it out the gate to the Premier League or to MLS or to La Liga? Or are there any other kind of trends you've seen with Bundesliga that have gone out already that may be applicable to soccer in other countries as they get up and running? So I think I would probably wait a little bit just because these these places have to play out their cup matches so that's not really the case in Germany. They didn't really have to play any of the cup. Like England's schedule is like so condensed. Mm. And, and then I don't think anything applies there in terms of road favorites. I think anything is game there. I see already Manchester City is a pretty heavy favorite. I understand that one. Um, and, and you have to also look for what teams are bringing back a lot of players because a lot of teams that were doing poorly prior to the break had injuries and they didn't have certain right. guys in their lineup. They get them back now. There was a lot of coaching changes happening in England, too. So you have to take note of that. How valuable are these training sessions? Mm. I think I wouldn't apply it to certain teams in Italy. Like Juventus, Lazio, teams like that, they're going to win anywhere. And now the fact that they're, you know, they might not have the home crowd behind them, it didn't really matter. Right. The gap in talent and quality in their team to some of these other teams is so massive. It's, it's basically Bayern and Juventus are identical to sure. each other in their leagues right. they, they dominate all the time you could expect yeah. from that and the top teams that are battling for champions league spot are going to beat up on the bottom teams like a psg so in france as well right just head and shoulders so. above the rest it's okay. not even close yeah it's not even close so I, I i wouldn't even consider that i think some of the mid tier teams like teams five through ten in La Liga, I think that's something that you could take into account. Maybe mm. I would lay some money on some road favorites there because I think that's definitely doable because that league can definitely go back and forth. It's been very tight-knit. It's something that you've seen in the Bundesliga. It's very comparable to that. So I, I could see that, but I wouldn't do anything just yet because we don't know. It's really unprecedented, and you know, one trend in one league could mean something completely different in another league. I have to say, I think that is one of the things that is so fascinating about soccer. Um, not to say that, like, um, 
the NBA is the same as the Euro League, right? But it's probably yeah. more similar than when you think about the Premier League versus La Liga versus Serie A versus Bundesliga. Like there, there are these massive differences that exist kind of between the leagues. Th- this is more of a general question, but yeah. do you think that there is maybe one league that is kind of better suited than the rest to, I guess, pop off, if you will, in this <laughs> current times that will be able to just grab people's attention, maybe even more so than the rest of them? Um, it would probably be La Liga, in my opinion. I just think, like, the flair and, and you know, showmanship. It's basically Bundesliga, but with much better defense, mm. right? And and they've had the best teams that keep on winning the Champions League. It might be Barcelona, Real Madrid, but there's so many good teams. Like, Atletico Madrid's been a household name for about a decade now, and they're struggling this season. It has to do with their play, but it also has to do with the quality of the league. And, and I think that's something to look forward to, and the Premier League as well. Look, these are the two biggest leagues in the world. They have a ton of TV money coming in. They have the biggest teams in the world as well in terms of popularity. And it's just always so competitive. And at any given day, anyone thinks they can beat each other. That's the way the NFL is. That's the way Major League Baseball is. That's the way NBA is. So we're accustomed to that over here. That's something you can get accustomed to while watching those two leagues. Hey, Martino, last one for me. And I asked you things around this before. I want to get into the finances mm-hmm. of some of these teams and some of these leagues. Because, you know, soccer, there's the players on loan and they're yeah. buying players. There's the transfer window. You know, mm-hmm. I know that that has changed a little bit because of this pause. I don't know where we're picking yeah. up in the season. Right. But, you know, I made a point to Kevin previously when we were talking about MLS. Like there's new expansion teams. Right. Austin, Miami. They may not be able to sustain the financial hit of not having fans the first six months of their franchise, you know, getting off the ground running. And in some of these other European leagues, I know, you know, it's big money, right? Like players get transferred 50 million pounds or whatever it is. Given the economic impact of COVID and how that is different for different ownership groups, different teams in different countries, are we going to see uh, differences in loans, transfers, player movement around Europe uh, this year any different than in previous years? Like, what's up with these transfer windows and players being on loan? Because I'm worried about, like, a team being like, you know, the Wilpons after Bernie Madoff. I'm worried about some of these European leagues not being able to pay the 50 million pounds to get the player you, they want. You just got to mention those guys this early I, in the morning for me. That's not fair. That's not fair. You know how yeah, everyone knows what kind of mood I get put in for that. No, look, I mean, again, I don't really know because June 30th is usually when a lot of contracts expire and teams are able to start doing deals. We're going to be going well into July and August for some of these. Yeah, so technically these guys are playing for teams that they're not contractually on anymore. So it's a little bit odd. I do Can think we could probably how that see gets- – how that gets figured out? Do you know? I mean, that's a, that's up to UEFA. So UEFA basically controls like the the amount that teams are able to spend because a lot of teams were going bankrupt uh, years ago, so they wanted to prevent it with financial right. fair play because a lot of teams are getting bailed out by right. you know, leagues. A lot of people don't know Bayern Munich bailed out Borussia Dortmund from going bankrupt wow. years ago. They loaned them money, and they're up there right now. And they knew it because look, if you don't have Dortmund in your league, the whole league is going to suffer, and therefore Bayern does too. So that was just a side note, just to know something on how crazy financials are. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, cool cool for some people. 
it's definitely something we're going to have to keep our eye on, you know, because, you know, the way players move and the finances of these teams, you know, and like you even said, contracts are expiring, yet the season continues. Definitely something we're going to have to pay attention to when we come back on the other side of the break, though. We've got a Bundesliga slate for this weekend that I'm very intrigued in because, Martino, you talk about some of these road favorites. I can find a couple on the board, including one that Kevin knows I struggle to pronounce. When we come back on the other side of the break, I'm going to give it a shot, and you're going to tell me if I should lay the minus number on Gladbach and others. We'll do that when we come back. It's the early line giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back into the early line on Sports Grid. Dane, Kevin, and friend of the show, Martino, giving you the edge when it comes to European soccer. You know, it's going to be a very, very interesting next few months, not only with the action on the field, but kind of the financial details, the scheduling details, and what the long-term impact is on some of that. We'll always be able to talk about that, you know, moving forward, but we've got to make some money this weekend martino and as you probably know kevin and i continue to have fun my adopted squad is brucia magengladbach and they um they fit that road favorite distinction that we have been talking about they are minus 135 in a trip to freeburg it looks like uh later on this afternoon do i continue the trend of uh betting these road favorites yeah, I mean, I mean, I would here. I think it's pretty safe. And again, this is kind of what I discussed the past couple of times I've been on here and even on the morning after is that, look, if there's a team that is pretty much far and away better, like Mönchengladbach is over Friedberg, and you're only getting minus 135, like it, you're not risking a lot here mm. for something that's very doable. And we've seen it already. There's enough trends and statistics to back up that being a home team doesn't matter anymore. What, what it is now, we're just playing the games and, and they're trying to finish out the season. Mönchengladbach, again, this is one of those teams that is trying to vie for that Champions League spot. And, and Leverkusen and Leipzig, they're all breathing down each other's necks here right. just for, for one of those four spots. Um, it's basically the last two spots, third and fourth place. Um, so this is one of the match you can expect them to bring their A game again because you have to win against teams like this, right? It's like if the Celtics need to pick up games against the Toronto Raptors, they have to beat the Washington Wizards. There's no excuse for it. If you're not going to beat the Wizards, then you probably don't deserve to be the two seed. If Mönchengladbach does not beat Freeburg, then they don't deserve a Champions League spot. So that's the way they're going to bring it there. They have that intensity. I think this is a safe one, and I agree with you on this. I, I think it would be wise to go with Gladbach in this. Martin, I got a bit of a two-parter for you. The first one, sure. um, the first part, I guess, involves Dortmund who mm -hmm. last week played Paderborn off the loss to Bayern. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything said that they should be able to go out there and handle business against Paderborn. Um, they didn't have Holland, right, who's obviously yeah. been their incredible goal scorer. They proceed to put six goals through. Now, I know sometimes things can kind of slip through the back, right? 
But is there any read to you about that team being able to score six goals in spite of Haaland's absence? A um, couple of things. Paderborn sucks. Um, they're absolutely terrible. They're probably one of the worst teams you could probably watch. Um, just simply, <laughs> they, like, anytime they get the ball, they look like a deer in headlights and they send it 60 yards. So that's, that's a sign of a bad team. Um, for Dortmund, look, you don't get this close to catching Bayern Munich with just having Erling Holland, right? And Holland just arrived there in January, too. So it's not like he's been there since the beginning of the season in August. He, he has come along within the past couple of months doing his cool celebrations and scoring in the Champions League for two teams, right? But Jaden Sancho, like I told you guys, is pro is a much higher profile player than Erling Holland was. Like Jaden Sancho has been on the radar longer than Erling Holland has, and we saw it in that second half. He's scoring every different which way, left foot, right foot, creating passes. And, and it was 0-0 up until like the 50-something minute, and then all of a sudden they explode for six goals. Right. They have guys that are able to create a lot of chances. And when you're able to create a lot of chances, it's the equivalent of a good look in the NBA. More open threes, more likely you are to make your threes. And that means more points, more goals, more overs, more money. And that's exactly what you want, right? So Dortmund just has that ability. And they're a well-oiled machine. They're always able to plug in guys. Because they used to have Robert Lewandowski, right? They lost him. Look what they do. They get other guys. They plug them in. And they score a bunch of goals. And here they are again. So I think then the second part that I wanted to ask you about, right, mm -hmm. is not only how that applies to, you know, Dorman moving forward, like there's some confidence with them, but I can't help but think about the guy whose jersey is behind you and no, not Jason Tatum. Um, but yeah, yes, Mr. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan. Uh, because I've talked to you a couple, um, you know, about Serie A coming back and Zlatan currently is injured. And if I'm not mistaken, Milan has a game coming up against Juventus that he could be absent for. And I'm not He's absent anyways because of suspension. But yeah. Right, that's right. Even the suspension, right. That was there as well. Um, so my question to you is how you think an injury like that does impact betting lines? Because I had a feeling, right, when it comes to Dorman versus Potterborn, we, it doesn't make the difference, right? But, sure. you know, Milan is now playing a step up in competition. But again, they're not bottom of the table. But they're Team under. such an elite striker in Zlatan. Do you see that impacted... So, right, obviously there's different ways that you can attack it. But do you see that impacted sometimes in their chance to win the same way if Jason Tatum missed a game for the Celtics, they'd lose two to three points off their spread? I think it's basically from one and a half goals maybe that they could have potentially got. I mean, this is what, in a general talk, or we want to use the Juventus example? Because Juventus example, they're probably they're probably not scoring. They're, I'll be honest with you. They're yeah. rather, no, they're probably not. When your best goal scorer is 38 years old, then you're probably in trouble if he's not going to play. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things you have to look towards, right? Because it's not just a striker. A striker is only good as the service that he gets. If a guy isn't getting enough service to, to score the goals, then it's a moot point at the end of the day, right? You could be as good as you want. Cristiano Ronaldo not getting the great opportunities to score, he's not going to score. But for him, it's everything at this point. They were horrific without him. He came in, all of a sudden, everything changed. He makes players around him better. So a player like this could completely change everything. It affects the money line, the game total, the team total. And I'll tell you right now, it's just free money if you want. Juventus is going to win. They're going to advance. They're going to hit their team total over. They're, but the game total over will probably go under because Milan's not going to score. And you could go with the Milan team total under. And, yes, that's how positive I am heading into this match. 
Fair enough. Uh, one other question from me, Martino. You know, as we look at this Bundesliga slate, uh, give me some plus money. You know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about these road favorites, and I'm laying minus 130 here. I'm laying minus 170 there. You're going to tell me Bayern. I'm laying 210 there. Give me some plus money. This is plus money weekend for me. I'm getting plus money bets in the UFC. I need some plus money bets that I can uh, cash in on in Bundesliga. You got any for me? Well, um, there was something. I'm not sure if the line moved, but I was looking at the Bayern-Leverkusen game total under three and a half just because I think it's going to be a very close, tight-knit game that could see a 2-1 to one result or 2 nothing in Bayern's favor because Bayern already pretty much clinched this league. Um, it's at plus 105 last time I checked, by the way. So, I mean, it's not the greatest plus money. Three and a half goals? For, for under three and a half goals. Yeah, yeah I got the, that at plus 100 right now, even money. Okay, well, so no, I'm sorry. Fine. There's a plus next to it. I'll take it. I <laughs> yeah. pay four to five cents on everything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, Martino? That's of all course. it comes down to. So, I mean, this satisfies it, sure. But you think it may be a little bit more nip and tuck? I think I think it'll be a little bit more close close knit. Um, just because of what I said with Gladbach before, Leverkusen's in the hunt for the Champions League spot. Uh, Bayern Munich really doesn't have as much to play for. It's more so staying in for game shape for whenever the Champions League returns because they want to keep them in that shape for as long as possible. Um, and, and they don't have as much to play for. They could play their younger guys, see see what they have there, try and develop them further. Whereas Leverkusen, they're going to be going and pushing for goals. So, so I think that'll happen there as well. Um, and, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I haven't looked at many other places, but again, one of the safer things to, to look at is probably, look, if you want to go with Gladbach, if you like them to win on that money line, plus 200 with both teams to score again. It's, mm. I think this is just one of my favorite things that has popped up and, and one of the things that you could kind of rely on plus 200 again, look, if you're confident again in a team to win and we know Bundesliga does not have great defense then you might as well throw money down on this. I mean, plus 200 is as safe as you can get uh, for something that is definitely feasible. So, uh, Martina, I want to make sure that we don't leave any um, stones unturned. And usually the chance to grab a couple different things would be uh, the parlay. I don't know if you've you've pieced one together just yet. Uh, Uh, No, no. I I, I got burned on the first one. (laughs) They're hard. They're they're by yeah. far the toughest parlays that you could possibly do because it's it's that in baseball parlays. I'm not that strong with them because they're just so unpredictable from time yeah. to time. Because look, it's it's one score games. Like Mike Trout could go 0 for four one day and he's the greatest right. player we've seen the past ten years, right? And it's like what the hell. So I mean, look, I I think it really just depends on how confident you are. You always have to put that one that's like a, a slam dunk kind of play and that would probably be leipzig over paderborn we mm. just discuss what paderborn is so mm-hmm. you could try and get maybe two plays in that the team total over with them or just them on the money line and then go with gladbach yeah. for for the money line there and in Bayern first half is something i really like it's it's minus 110 for them uh money line first half and that's been something i've been doing heavy heavy favorites like Bayern munich if i'm getting in the minus 100s in the first half I'm laying it. I'm 2-0 so far in it. I mean, it's nice. not a ton to back it up, but hopefully 3-0 now. 
Thanks a lot, Martino. So thanks for spending, you know, a couple of segments with us. I got to tell you, though, our graphics guy, Steve, has a different feeling on Paderborn. Thinks that they're a scrappy team and likes them, you know, to bet the draw every now and then because they, uh, you know, they can kind of piece it together uh, in their fight to not get regulated. But I digress. You could have that conversation with Steve. And we will plan to have another conversation with you once more and more of these leagues continue to come back on so we can find a way to win a little bit of extra cash. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. All right, Martino? Yeah, thanks, guys. Always a fun time. Sounds good. Sounds good. Kevin, what do you think here? Gladbach. Do I go back to the well with them? I do. I mean, I, I think that they're probably maybe my favorite bet on the board, right? Because it's nice. not you're not you're not paying a crazy price. Right. Also, you know, kind of something that Martino alluded to when we were just speaking to him there is the Leverkusen game. Leverkusen is playing Bayern Munich, right? We've yeah. got the Battle of the Bayerns. Um, so if Leverkusen does drop home points, I guess I have to get home points don't matter. If they just drop points to to to, to Munich, then that's a really really big thing for right. Gladbach to try and actually create some type of separation. Yeah. Every game at this point matters, of course, but you have to think for them that they have to have a little bit of added importance to this fixture. So yeah, I mean they they're probably the favorite bet on the board. Yeah, you know, uh, and Martino mentioned this, right? The push for Champions League. I believe it's the top four in Germany who get on in. It looks like Bayern is in. It looks like Dortmund will be there, right? So now you got three teams in essence for the final two Champions League spots. And then whoever else would be fifth would be that first team to qualify for Europa. Those three teams look like it's going to be Leipzig, Leverkusen, and Gladbach really fighting three teams for two spots for the rest of the way. Well, you know, Kevin, that'll about do it for an action-packed episode oh, yeah. of the early line, right? NBA deals and our conversation on your confidence. UFC 250, Bundesliga, of course, what's going on in Major League Baseball, the comments of Drew Brees in the NFL. It was a jam-packed show. And Kevin, I'm also very excited. And thank you again for the comments that you had around the Drew Brees, Colin Kaepernick situation. As I mentioned, having um, advocates in dudes like like you help dudes like me. And so I appreciate it. Keep it locked here, though. Over the weekend, we'll give you the headlines and we will pick back up, right, Kevin? On our mm -hmm. spotlight, our team by team spotlights, we'll finish off the NFC West. And there's only about eight teams left to go. Then we'll be able to see, you know, Kevin's playoffs, his Super Bowl champion, and more ways to make money. That about does it for us. For everybody, have a great day. The morning after is up next. Tune in tomorrow for more early line on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.